Hi, my name is John Trotter, founder of the Trotter Family Foundation, and this is an investigative podcast about all things foster care and what happens to youth who age out of the foster care system. From firsthand experience, we will share stories, resources, and shed light on what it looks like to embrace that crucial transition from foster care to independent living. This is the Aging Out Podcast. Over the last couple of years, we launched a nonprofit called the Trotter Family Foundation. Our mission is to focus on community, education, opportunity, and service for young people who have been in the foster care system, specifically those that have aged out or who no longer qualify for foster care, typically around ages 18 to 21. And this podcast really will set the stage for that conversation. Um, Few people really talk about it or may know about uh, these issues that young people face. And we also want to open it up to our broader community and just say, you know, be a volunteer, be a trusted person who takes the initiative to learn about some of these issues and how they can help. And so most of this podcast will focus on analyzing those staggering trends and develop some solutions of our own that we hope we can implement into our communities and to your community. So when we think about aging out, this term simply means that a um, young person is getting ready to transition out of care and be a full functioning adult. And so they're going to be leaving the foster home, leaving the foster care system. And typically um, the options are to go into a job, you know, establish a place to live, uh, go to school, Um, or some other kind of vocational training that says you are now responsible for taking care of yourself. And most of the time, this transition period can be quite a um, rude awakening if uh, they're not prepared. But specifically, what we want to focus on is how we can look into that transition period and how we can really train and educate and come alongside communities and people who care about these issues and say, here's how you can actually help and provide some uh, sustainable training and sustainable ways to uh, be in a youth's life. And so when we look at the numbers, there's a lot of statistics. And I always say the statistics and circumstances should not be what defines a person. Um, so we can use these to educate ourselves and to understand you know, what the the trends are. And so we have a about 200,000 youth who who age out every year, and you have about 200,000 who are coming into the foster care system. And so when you look at that number, that's happening around the country. That means that someone has uh, become of age, uh, usually 18 or up on finishing high school, and they no longer meet the definition of what would be called a foster kid. And so we want to see that. I think this transition is actually natural in most um, lives, most families. Uh, You become a certain age, you need to be able to support yourself and you need to leave the home. Um, So it can be a difficult process. Um, One of the the main uh, difficulties here that I see is if you age out, that sort of means that uh, you didn't get adopted, you didn't get reunified with your birth family. So you're kind of in this limbo zone that just says, okay, you are released sort of from foster care and now you're expected to be on your own and expected to meet uh, the call of what that brings you know such as sustained housing and job and and um, being able to provide for yourself and so 
Um, there are some options that I think former foster kids I have when they go into this category. I, I often would say too that uh, no one's tracing these kids. No one's saying, you know, where are they? Uh, what happens next? You know, what what are their outcomes? The only statistical evidence that really gets focused on are sort of the negative trends, and unfortunately, those hold true for the for the last uh, few decades. So often, what you're seeing is um, incarceration, homelessness, um, you know, having children and not being able to take care of their children, having their children kind of go through that cycle of being in foster care as well. You also see low, um, you know, job expectations, and you see an inability to to thrive. And so, um, when we look at that, you know, what are the options? And I think as a former foster youth, you know, some of the different uh, questions that I think are brought up usually don't happen until later in adulthood when you have maybe some clarity to think about these things so really we want to speak to um, both foster youth and also any uh, foster parents and anyone um, in those communities as well as everyday people i truly believe that everyday people um you know whether you work whether you stay at home whatever you do i, I believe that there is an ability to have an influence to have a say in, in being able to get involved in um, sort of coming alongside a foster youth even after they've left foster care. Because one of the things that I've noticed is no one knows that you're a foster kid until um, you're in that system. And once you leave that system, no one knows that's your background. And that's true of anyone. No one knows your childhood upbringing um, and how that informs the who you become as an adult. No one knows that. We don't wear that on our shoulders. Um, no one can see that on the outward side. So this is why we focused on this sort of specific area um, when there's probably dozens of areas of both childcare, um, you know, foster care, or even just everyday um, rearing of children. Um, there's so many issues we could focus on, but we've decided to just really narrow in on this. And so some of the options that a, um, a youth may have when they leave is to return to their biological family, return to that community, go back to their, um, you know, mom or dad's home or their grandparents' home. Um, and I've heard all of these, and I'll talk about them more. Uh, they can try to maintain strong familial connections with their foster family. Um, their foster family, I've seen some uh, very unique situations where that is a very positive experience, but that's not always the case. Um, or they can build a friend network that is like family. They can build a community. These are the alternatives because what's really happening in some of those situations is some youth thrive and some use that experience. Uh, it makes them stronger and it builds them into, um, you know, a stronger person into adulthood. But that's not always the case. Uh, we see that in the numbers of youth that become part of the criminal justice system that are homeless, that are um, you know, repeat offenders into these different areas that are having children of their own they can't care for. And those numbers, I think, are very important to understand. But we have to question, you know, what can we do and how can we change that? And so I want to talk about just some of the suggestions that get given um, and they'll always ha have the time, I think, and, and energy put into thinking them out because I've heard these myself and I've heard these for others. Um, so, you know, one of the options returning to your biological family, your birth family, and that community. I would say one of the major issues with that, that and sometimes I don't believe it's a malicious suggestion. I think it's, it's it can be steeped in ignorance a little bit. And um, it's 
really saying return back to where um, you were taking out of the home and put into foster care. And that can come with it a lot of challenges because that may not be the best environment. Uh, there's a reason that there was interference as a child. There may be some of those same issues in existence. And so to tell someone, you know, go back to that area, go back to where your birth family's from and reconnect with them is not always the easiest. And it may um, create additional challenges. And for those who do, um, you know, we have to consider, is that going to be the best option? And I don't say, you know, there's any mandated uh, reasons for not doing it or for doing it, but I think what we have to do as a community is being able to support people in their decisions um, and be able to be informed um, decision makers. And and really, as we, we say things like that, I think that, you know, saying return back to the place where you were taken out of the home may not always be the best solution. Another option, and this is uh, not a and or, but maintaining strong familial connections with um, your foster family. There are thousands of youth who transition out with no familial connections with their foster family or their birth family. And so there is a push in the foster care system and the child welfare, um, welfare system to make sure youth maintain those family connections through visitation, um, through letter writing, through emails, and just knowing, you know, who's in their network, who is their family. And so, um, you know, we don't always see that working, but in some circumstances, it may. It may be just the thing that they need is, um, is transitioning into that. So um, finally, you know, I would say building a friend network that's like family. This is probably the most important part because what I always say is no matter where a youth goes after they leave foster care, they're going to find community. The difference is whether that's good or bad for them. And sometimes a bad community is the people that take care of you. They, they provide you with that sort of family relationship. They may be involved in crime. They may be involved in a way of living that is very contrary to what we would expect and what we would agree with, but they're a community. And so if we don't really understand that people will find others to associate with, those relationships can look very bad. And so one of our goals is to not just say, you know, go somewhere and have a community, but um, even teaching healthy relationships. What is a healthy relationship and what maybe is an unhealthy relationship? And so what I've seen, and I think uh, needs to be discussed more, and I think young people, if you're listening to, um, be willing to push, you know, those, those uh, for that understanding, you know, what's a healthy relationship? For some, they've never known unconditional love. They've never known friendship without something else, without some expectation. And so you see very staggering trends of people who grow up into adults who think they have to sort of buy their friends. They have to provide some kind of incentive or some kind of reason to keep their friends engaged with them. And that's very sad because what it turns into is you're actually being manipulated and saying that you're only my friend if I do something for you. And for someone who's experienced trauma, who's grown up in a um, you know very difficult home life, sometimes they don't even see that themselves, where maybe an outside view would say, these are very bad people in your life. Why do you keep going back to them? Why are they people who you're associating with? Um, and you could be at a distance and still be friends with them, but to really have them be part of your network is becoming a very negative thing. And it's not only affecting, um, you know, what we see is that relationship being negative. It's affecting 
their ability to really come out of the situation that says, um, no one has cared for me, no one has provided me with strong connections and that strong community that would support me. And so I think um, of all the things we'll talk about in this podcast, all the work that we'll do as a nonprofit and the ways we live our daily lives, I would say the biggest difference for so many foster youth and so many youth in general is being in a strong, supportive community. A community that says, I'm not going to judge you for the life that you've had, for the circumstances that you could not control, for the decisions that you've made that maybe made some of those things worse. A community that will say, we will walk alongside you. We will be the the people that come into your life and speak truth to you in love. And sometimes the truth is going to be brutal. And sometimes the truth is going to say, hey, this is not a good path you're leading down. We cannot force anyone to live a certain way or to um, you know, avoid lives of crime or um, avoid you know, associating with people who are bad for them. The more we try to control that, the more we try to tell them, you know, we have all the answers and the people that you're surrounding yourself with are just not good people. We can't control that. We have to let that go because all you'll do is you'll lose them as a friend and you'll lose them um, as a trusted person in their life. So if we can really encourage youth to transition into healthy communities, um, whether that is a church, whether that's being involved in an activity, um, sometimes I even think um, some of the best volunteers for um, nonprofits or for church organizations or for youth groups or um, serving in that capacity are people who've been through very difficult um, circumstances because you serve and you and you walk alongside others and then you can share that story um, and, at an appropriate time and you'll have someone who connects with it. And I would say that, say that in my adult life, one of the most interesting things is meeting you know, foster youth who've aged out of the system, you know, are, are 40, 50, 60 years old. Um, because I never really thought that was a thing. I never thought that existed. Um, those youth, thousands of them are out there. And most of the time, everyone which wants to move on from their childhood, live a productive life, and just not look back. Um, and it can be hard to look back. But as we're looking back, I think what we're saying to the next generation and to others who may be in that same situation, you know, whether they're 18 or 80, is that there are people who see you and people who um, are there to support you and be in your community and also learn from you. And I think that's why the last sort of tenet of our organization is service, because you don't just get something from others. You don't just get supported by others. You don't just get a community and think that that's, that's something just for you. You also have something to offer. You can offer a helping hand. You can offer a shared experience. You can offer to be part of the community, participate, actively participate, and not just um, you know let life happen to you. I know that the the people in life who struggle the hardest is those people who just let life happen to them, and they, it's always someone else's fault. It's always someone to blame, and there are horrific and just traumatic experiences that spread across the board that someone has dealt with that really inform most of their adult life and that affect that. And I don't want to, you know, sugarcoat that or and not give, you know, proper attention to it. Um, I just want to say that letting that hold you back 
um, throughout your entire life um, will be, you know, more damaging than helpful. And it's good to deal with those experiences, those emotions. Um, but what really makes a difference is being able to take that and moving on from that and being able to move forward, letting that um, be part of you. Um, and I'll say it probably multiple times, but just refusing to be defined by your circumstances or becoming a statistic. Uh, the statistics inform us of you know what what the results look like, but they aren't the end of the story. So there's more to the story for foster youth. So anyone who's listening and they just have never dealt with foster care, they've never, they know something about it. They know uh, the kinds of kids that come out of it. They know a friend of a friend of a friend who was a foster parent, um, who probably doesn't want to be a foster parent anymore. They probably know some peripheral understanding of it. But my biggest uh, call to you is to to be informed, to understand how to have these conversations and to um, somewhat normalize the conversation. Um, every person moves from these life cycles to, you know, to infants where they can't care for themselves at all to, you know, toddlers, uh, to teenagers, uh, um, you know, and to adults. And so I think we have to stop looking at this transition as something so, so strange and different. Um, for many years, I think it sounded like as a foster youth, it seemed like, okay, this isn't normal. This isn't the way things are supposed to be. There's supposed to be an easier way to do this. But really, that is to say, um, you know, there's this sort of outward perception of what a family looks like. And um, there's nothing wrong with trying to answer some of those questions, um, with trying to encourage a strong community and a strong uh, family network. It's like family. I think that is something that um, can be be done by anyone. So, you know, as we talk about some of these issues, we'll get into some more nuanced things. There'll be some focuses on, you know, youth who have been through that situation, who may still be in that situation, who can prepare for a better future and better outcomes. There'll also be a lot of focus on volunteers and community members who can, you know, take the initiative to serve and to understand and be informed and offer um, a kind of walk. You know, someone told me when I told them what I was interested in doing that a lot of this sounds like you know what being a mom or being a parent is and it is you're you're teaching someone you know to how to apply for housing how to go get their driver's license how to pay taxes how to deal with a legal issue how to you know respond to a supervisor how to just be respectful um how to you know learn how to do something new and how to deal with conflict i mean these are things that adults um, have to teach you know there's even things simple like how to cook a meal you know what what should you what kind of nutrition should you um even be looking into and there's nothing wrong with saying they should have learned that this is this is basic stuff it is but um it's something that i think we have to be taught we don't just wake up knowing how how to deal with life and so um as we move forward as we go through this if I could leave you with anything, it is to really have these conversations be normalized, that we talk about trends in foster care, that we talk about, um, you know, better ways to to move forward and have better outcomes. Um, and also just saying, you know, how can I help someone who has all these unanswered questions and confusing relationships? How can I help that balance? And I want to um, open up this conversation. I want to answer questions. Um, and so if you have any questions, if you have any input, any insight, um, a, a topic that you think would be helpful, 
um, you know, please email us at info at charterfamilyfoundation.org. Um, you know, this is something that we've been wanting to do for a long time. And I think the, the main reason is just to have that conversation start and just to have that community grow so that someone in your community or in your area may know that they can reach out. They can have a helping hand. Uh, transitioning out of foster care should not be um, something that anyone's demonized over or something they're ashamed of. As we push for these conversations, as we push for having um, you know stories told, as we give a voice to the voiceless, um, you know this is what we're called to do. This is what um, we can do. And so um, I look forward as we talk into uh, the future. We have a lot of really exciting things to go over. Um, you know, we'll in the move forward with uh, just focus areas. And I I think that we have it kind of boiled down to you know what are things that a young person needs to know when they go out into the world and how can they embrace that. Um, so, you know, as arrows, you know, we're called to be arrows, you know, being able to, um, you know, go into the world and not explode on impact, not be unprepared for what's to come. So I'm really looking forward to having more of these conversations and um, we will see you next week and talk more about this. And so um, I'm uh, glad that you could all be here and I look forward to seeing how this conversation grows and uh, seeing what happens next. All right. Well, have a good rest of your morning, night, afternoon, evening, whatever it is for you. And I look forward to um, things to come.